I'm gonna pull the trigger. Click, click, boom. Anyway, so that's the opening of the show. You are in it. The Nerd Life Podcast with me, your host, Ryan Brown, and your very best friend. Shit, I forgot that part. I am your host and best friend, Ryan Brown. Directly across from me is none other than Christopher Jameer Kwai Bird. That's a pretty good one. That's uh, good. Uh, yeah. Virtual Insanity is like one of my favorite songs. That's and you got that good. crazy that's hat. That's less good. You got that crazy hat. Uh, I have nothing to say about the matter. And then sitting comfortably close to Bird is none other than Jordan. Hi, I'm still here until 2020 claims either my life or sanity. Now, I would like to point out that the definition of comfortably close has, of course, changed dramatically. And Jordan is 6.1 feet away from me right now. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Mm -hmm. And laying down across Bird's lap is none other than Ronald Bartholomew Davis. Yes, the one, the only. Thank fuck. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> anyway, so let's start with you, Bird. How was your week? Besides having late Chinese food. It was late, and it's, it's going to make my tummy hurt for sure. Uh, I blame Ron. Let's all hold Ron it's, personally it's accountable Ron's for fault. Bird's stomachache. <laughs> Otherwise, I guess I'm doing good. Um, I have a little bit of anxiety, and in many ways it is Ron's fault, um, yeah, it's definitely his fault. We had mentioned briefly, I think last episode, that Games Workshop is releasing a new edition of Warhammer 40,000. Um, as mm-hmm. part of that launch, they're releasing a new two-player set um, with Necrons, who are like Egyptian space Terminators, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then, of course, the Space Marines. Um However, Games Workshop has gone uncomfortably dark lately. Um, what do you mean? Well, and Ron could probably uh, speak a little bit more to this, but they're not communicating particularly well with distributors. Oh. And or at all. Meant, like content-wise, their right. like, content had gotten dark. No, they're, they're, I mean, their Warhammer community site is very active. Um, but in terms of communicating to retailers what their allotments are, whether or not they have been cut... And if they will be there on time, they have done um, none of that. And uh, it's it's been a little worrying. There are rumors that stores are getting uh, product cut by up to 75%. Um, they recently announced that uh, if you wanted product after the pre-order period, you'd have to order directly from their website, for, and then they'll make them to order, mm. which I, of course, do not want to do. Um and so now I just, you know, I really want, I really want this. I feel like I've earned it. I really deserve it. You do I've worked it. very hard to get to this place where I can just take these and run out of Ron's store and uh, <laughs> know that he will not see the cellophane I left wrapped in front of it until it's too late and he'll get caught. He'll probably never get out. And uh, That's that'll how be the end of him. Yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> And that's how Ron died. Just like that fortune cookie said. Yes. But, I mean, that's it. I have spent, I mean, honestly, this entire last week uh, 
has been me trying to convince people that they want to play this game with me from a comfortable distance of 6.1 feet. Yeah. And it's really bizarre. I mean, I've never in this moment where like I can definitely not fucking play these games in person with anybody. My my anxiety would never allow it. Uh, I want to buy these things more than ever. I I think that it's my, uh, I guess my drive to seek some like relic of normalcy mm. makes me want these things. They make me think that maybe I'll get to play again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seeking comfort in the familiar. I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, it. what about you? What have I done this week? I'm, my girlfriend and I finished Snowpiercer, which I think I talked about last week, mm-hmm. but was really good. How like, much snow is pierced? So <laughs> the train is perpetually piercing snow because <laughs> Earth has Holy kind of fallen snow. into an eternal winter. So I, I think all of the snow is pierced. So is Every this like a, a remake of the movie or is it like? In so continuity I, with the movie, I've well, never Snow, Snow seen the movie. Based off of uh, it's a it's a novel. Isn't uh isn't Chris Evans in that movie? Yeah, he's in the movie. He's yeah, not in I the haven't. Novel. I haven't seen it, and I don't think that it is in the same continuity because you kind of see you see the beginning of when they get on the train all the way up through what is current for them. So I think it's kind of its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was really good. And then we've also been watching randomly a Zac Efron led Netflix show called Down to Earth which is kind of all about like sustainability which has been unexpectedly charming and other than that that's pretty oh I started uh what's that show Chris the anime that I literally just watched God of High School God of High School I watched the first two episodes of that and it was awesome some of the best animation I've seen in a while yeah and you had doubts I did have doubts. The the first half of the first episode just wasn't doing it for me. I mean, they had to establish that those characters were going to meet each other for no reason. I mean, that's true. That's true. Once it got to the bike chase, it was all up, or downhill from there. So uphill, uphill. <laughs> yeah, downhill. There was a hill involved. Mean this, oh, downhill can be good. Have you no, seen Brink? Rarely. Did you say Brink? Yeah, I have seen Brink. It's all downhill, and all the downhill stuff's the best part. We should talk briefly about how Disney's best movies are not their animated films and they are not their Star Warses. It's not their their Captain's America, but instead it is their brief stint with extreme sports <laughs> that took place <laughs> in like the early to mid 2000s. Johnny Tsunami. Yes, Johnny Tsunami. I remember Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> that one's about surfing. Yeah. Well, it's about snowboarding. The oh, second one's about surfing. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Johnny about. Tsunami is from Hawaii, where he's very good at doing surfboard, sure. but he moves to snow, and that's a whole different board, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I loved his uh, his grandpa in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it oh, writes gosh. itself, honestly. <laughs> yeah, man. If only they could have thought of a, like a third board, we could have really milked that series. <laughs> Skyboarding, <laughs> right? Just like in the Power Rangers movie. That's what they can do. Yes. Disney, hit yeah. us up. We'll write your Johnny Tsunami threequel. Hoverboarding? It could have been like a Back to the Future <laughs> uh, collab. Good. It would yeah. You're right. All right. Well, that's well, it for Nerd Life. <laughs> we're off to Hollywood to make a Johnny Tsunami threequel. Yeah. See you around, suckers. Thanks for the Patreon dollars. I wonder what that kid's doing now. I'm sure that was the only thing that he ever did was Johnny uh, Tsunami. Maybe he got like a normal life like Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Ron, what about you? What was your week like? Dazzle us. I I put a door on in a door a door on in what? in the wall. You I put, put it, it on the where? wall. 
I put it in the wall, and I, I put see. a storm door mostly up today. So, so you're I, just like slinging doors all over. I am like, yes. <laughs> now, hold on. A, a storm door, it's very important that it not only be mostly up. <laughs> so <laughs> of all, all right. the doors, that's the one that you really want to make sure is so, all the way installed. So or, I am on step 8A of this door, and I'm looking in the box, and there are no door handles. So I had to stop mm. and called the company, and they, they're going to send me some handles. So it just didn't. Ha- it's not like you lost them; it just didn't have them. Yeah, they just didn't have them. So my so anybody who drives by can probably get in my house tonight. Well, it's good that I know that. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, if at least it's me and not somebody else. Come on in; I'll be watching Star Wars in the living room. So join me in your underpants, eating yeah. a bowl uh, of cocoa puffs. Yeah, Oreo cream, a bowl of Oreo. <laughs> a bowl, a bowl. Ron, did your Oreo cream show up? Answer it for did, our audience. It did not yet. Um, when it does, I'll have an ASMR episode ready for oh you guys. My <laughs> 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 you can just hear my arteries cl- clogging. <laughs> Yikes. Well, what else happened, Ron, besides you putting doors on things? No, that's about it. Just standard stuff. We're getting ready to bring everybody back to the university, so that's going to be fun. That's awful. Chris. I yep. cannot wait. Yep, we have to get uh, the, uh, tested up at the Coliseum, I think, next week. How so. many different things do you think you're going to test positive for? <laughs> oh, all, all of them. It's it, It'll, like, light up the board. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to be Christmas. I'm going to win. <laughs> so, so they're they're dead set on sacrificing some lives here. They oh, yeah. desperately want those students to come back and and die. Well, it, it has time. been a while since our state has been number one at anything, and now that oh, we have proven ourselves to be the fastest at transmitting the coronavirus between one another, <laughs> yeah. I think we really got to lean into it. Oh yep. yeah, it's, right. uh, we're coming for you, Florida. No, we, we beat you. their asses. Uh, we they have are, more cases than they, than they do, do but they don't transmit as quickly. <laughs> <laughs> West Virginia is currently number one in coronavirus transmission. Hell yeah! yeah Wait, are we still doing? Are they still doing on-campus classes in the fall? Yeah, dog. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. everybody. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. That's the thing. Come yeah, on because, back. Uh, they they really don't. I I I think it's absolutely amazing that we have gotten to a place where there is an acceptable amount of loss that that people are willing to take to not i, I don't even know it's not necessarily because the, the economy is an abstract thing for most people you know what i mean especially like a lot of people in west virginia so like it can't be about the economy is it does it just we don't give a shit is it just we don't believe this i mean it can't just be that surely not and yet it is and exactly yet. that. Yeah. It is that is the thing that it is. Yeah. I mean, it, with our governor, I mean, at least it's obvious. We know he 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 uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to upset his dom daddy. You know, so at well, least we know where his motivations are coming from. He's also a big old dum dum, and you have to assume that like minds voted for him. So. Well, that is true. Even though he he uh, did trick everyone by switching sides after he got elected, yeah. which that seems like it should be against the rules. Otherwise, wouldn't people just do that all the time? Well, they, they did. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, How about anything you? else going on, Ronald? No, nah, that's pretty much it. Well, fuck. How, how about you? Uh, What's in your world? Dude, I this past weekend, I had uh, n- no kids. Um, and so, I watched all four <laughs> seasons of Rick and Morty in one weekend. Yes. Um, just, to, just, to, just to do it, I guess. Um 
And let me tell you something. I watched that show, and I, as our listening audience may or may not know, but everybody on this call knows, I work in mental health, and I kind of see things through, like, the lens of a mental health worker through a counselor. And so, like, watching Rick and Morty and seeing, like, Rick's behavior, I'm watching it, I'm thinking, like, yeah, I mean, this guy's an asshole. This guy's a piece of shit. This guy is utterly irredeemable to the point where I'm like, why would you, is it just because he's, like, cool and funny? Because, you know, that, that shouldn't be enough to make somebody, like, a decent role model uh, or somebody that you think is cool or whatever. I just, I thought it was well-written, and I loved a lot of the high-concept shows, and I love especially in the later seasons when people actually start calling Rick out on his <clears throat> bullshit. Um, and they deal more with the consequences of Rick being an absolute piece of shit to everybody and how they're mm -hmm. not good consequences. Cause I think that was kind of a lot of the, the problem was I think maybe Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland might've given their fan base maybe a little bit too much credit. Like maybe they thought they were watching it and being like, haha, yeah, this is funny. Uh, also kind of cautionary. And not being like, haha, this is fun. That guy's a pickle. He's mean. He's funny. <laughs> He's a mean, funny pickle. I'm going to go tear up a McDonald's and yell at some women on Twitter. You know? But anyway, watching it, I really enjoyed it. And then I watched the entire first season of that other show that they made um, about the aliens that live in suburbia. Yeah. That's solar opposites. Yeah. yeah. The, so the difference between those two shows for me is that there's <laughs> there's there's way less Dan Harmon in Solar Opposites. It's way more That's Justin. True. It is, and I think you you can see it in the show. Mm -hmm. Like some of the a lot of the heart that's in Rick and Morty isn't present in Solar Opposites, and I think it's because Dan's not as much of a part. Oh yeah, like I think that's absolutely true. And and Dan Har Harmon writes a lot about his mental health struggles too. Like that's very present in his work on Community. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's obviously it's very present in Rick and Morty too. Rick, Rick and Morty, I feel like it's Dan Harmon processing things, um, because a lot of the same themes as far as like uh, using your intelligence as a means of justifying your own toxic behavior. That's kind of present in Community as well. Only it's it's more with um, uh, Jeff, honestly, Jeff and Pierce, who use like different other personality aspects of themselves to justify their otherwise toxic behavior, mm -hmm. and. Uh, yeah, that isn't necessarily present in Solar Opposites as far as that goes. But also, too, they're, they're, the I don't think it tries that. Like, I don't think it's it's not aspiring for anything. It's not like trying to make a point or anything like that. It's literally, I feel like, just you know, goofy shit. Yep. That looks just like it does on Rick and Morty. I would agree. Art art wise, uh, did you watch the entire first season, Jordan? I watched four i think there's eight episodes i watched four of them before i kind of gave up on it mm. yeah it just doesn't do it for me the same way I, I really enjoy rick and morty i've been following it since the first season yeah. Uh, but yeah solar opposites just i don't know something's missing i'll stick with it um just because i i really i'm fascinated one by rick's nihilism but mm. Also, the fact that it's constantly shown... It's constantly shown that Rick is wrong. Like, that's the thing that is really interesting. Not on a scientific level, because he's obviously he's a very smart genius boy. But, mm -hmm. like, all his bullshit about, like, I don't need anybody. I don't uh, want anybody close to me. I don't want love. He's constantly wrong about that. And 
that's the thing that people don't seem to really notice so much as they're like, haha, funny pickle man is mean to women. Mm-hmm. And the show like slaps you in the face with that all the time. Like they're not shy about letting you know that the consequences of Rick's actions all the time hurt his social life or, or his family life. Yeah, he's uh, a miserable that, piece of shit, and he wants absolutely. it to be everyone else's problem. Almost the end of every season is Rick all alone because he pushed everybody away. Yeah. Yep. yep. And and uh, the one episode that really, like, uh, <clears throat> kind of almost made me choke up a little bit is the one with the, the secret pooping toilet. Oh, I love that episode. And at the end, it's literally Rick all alone sitting on a toilet while a bunch of holograms of Rick are around him telling him what a piece of shit he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, "Damn! Like that's not even subtle. Get wait, way to get the point across." <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I really, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll keep watching it. I know that they had, they, they had just had a contract for like 80 more episodes or something. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be on for a long time. Yeah, so I mean, as long as he can do his community movie, then uh, that's fine. That's all I really care about. Um, so nothing happened this week. The world is fine. See you next time. No, that's not true. So, I don't know. Gosh, I guess we should probably talk about this Kathleen Kennedy business first and foremost, because that's our our top story tonight. Not that we're news. No, it's not. It is no longer our top story. Oh, what is our top story then? What would you say our top story is, Bird? I'm going to enter it into the chat room, because I don't want to spoil it. Oh, God. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. All right, so That's the our top story. story for the evening. Everything else is stupid. Tragedy struck downtown Los Angeles today. That's, no. om- that's almost definitely true. That is absolutely <laughs> true, yeah, or Portland or any other place. Uh, so they just announced today that they are making a live-action Wishbone movie. Now, now if you, you- hold on. You didn't introduce that, I think, with the, the level of, like, Schutzpah that it deserved. Schutzpah. Uh, Universal Pictures and Mattel have decided that there's only one cure for the coronavirus, and that is with childhood classic Wishbone. Hell yeah! And by bringing it to theaters in, in a, a feature film, film you, length you production, you can't eat in a theater. <sighs> well, let me tell you something here, Ron. That joke didn't land, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Everybody. Loves Wishbone. Everybody. Yeah, unless you get the short piece, then you don't get your wish. Ron. Yeah. Ron, sit down. I'm with you. Okay. Sit down. Yeah. So Wishbone was a television program. That was made for me. That were very young. (laughs) And it was about, shut up. It was about a talking dog, a real live action dog who could talk. And he was an expert on literature. What? And he, shut the fuck up, Ron. And he. would go on an adventure with his human owner and relate it to whatever classic literature we were talking about that day, inter- intercut with scenes from that story where he, the dog, was playing the main character of that classical piece of literature. Are you sure you're not talking about Sherman and Peabody? I don't know what the fuck that is, but <laughs> let me tell you something. This shit was legit. You have not watched or read The Odyssey until you have seen a Jack Russell Terrier in Greek (laughs) period-accurate clothing act out the part of Odysseus. Yes. Uh, They should teach this shit in schools. I've got nothing. Yeah, this no, was how he, this was a thing. This is an actual thing. You're not making yeah, this up. Wishbone thing. No, man. was a was a dog who enjoyed classic literature, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, now, not a cartoon, an actual Jack Russell it, Terrier. It, it How did they make him talk? Is, he didn't. Magic. So this is he misleading. Whenever you're watching Wishbone, you can hear his voice, but the other characters in the show cannot communicate with him. He is just a dog. Only like, like, a, like a Snoopy or a Garfield. Right. Only the audience can hear Wishbone's sultry tones. <laughs> uh, but whenever he would enter a storybook world, he would bring along the other like children, the other characters with him. And once he was inside of a book, <clears throat> then they could communicate with him. Uh, is really good, <laughs> and he would tell you all kinds of shit. Yeah, but like it was Buck would... Wild because they they didn't perceive him as a dog in these alternative worlds. They saw <laughs> no, him as like the character people. he was playing. So you would see him dressed up as like fucking Joan of Arc or Robin Hood or some shit. But the other children would see a human. It was super fucking meta. It was the best thing on television at the time. Or I shit you not, Moses one time. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. I'm not even kidding you, dude. Uh, so they they decided so this we're gonna we're gonna fucking fix 2020. We're gonna fix the entire width and breadth of humanity. Here's There's only we one need. way: fucking talking dog teach us about literature. Yeah, God. I and you know what? Can't goddamn way. right. <laughs> I got nothing. I, I can't right. believe you didn't. I'm see gonna this. Google this. This show ran for like half a decade. Hell yeah! When? Dude. How long ago? When uh, I was it, a young man. It it started in 95 and ended like early 2000s. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. I hope, because Mattel is doing that, uh, is making like the Masters of the Universe movie and stuff with Universal. Uh, I hope... That we get the Wishbone Masters of the Universe crossover that we've all waited for our entire life. That I've demanded, that I've dreamt of, that yeah. I have beseeched the heavens for. Yeah. You've asked. They've answered. Or maybe just an episode of Wishbone where he talks about Masters of the Universe. Hold up. I just got a brilliant plan. What if we do Wishbone now, but he talks about old cartoons instead of classic literature? Boom. I solved it. I cracked it, gang. We could have Wishbone dress up as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. We could have Wishbone dress up as the fucking Thundercats. Like, the irony would be hilarious. Wishbone dressed up as Wishbone in Wishbone? Can I just point something out? I did a Google search on uh, Wishbone, and five of the pictures across the top are uh, Jack Russell Terrier. The other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight are actual Wishbones. So... Ron, why would you do that? I am vindicated here. You're not vindicated. <laughs> he dressed up as fucking Sherlock Holmes before Benedict but Cumberbatch, Ron. He's there's one where he's when, apparently Robin Hood and he's he's using a yeah, bow and he's arrow. Robin Hood. Hell it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so great. He's gonna he's gonna fuck up the sheriff's men. Oh, and he's man. gonna be adorable when he does it. Robin wow. Hood is good. Uh, <laughs> the, he's Sherlock Holmes at one point. That's super fucking good. I think he plays Romeo. Yeah, he does. I don't think that he was Joan in the Joan of Arc episode. I think he pay- played a secondary character. It doesn't matter. This is crazy. It's, he it's he still still so show. good. They they still have in uh, well I don't know if it's still there but when I was a year a couple years ago when my son was in elementary school they had a wishbone poster up in his uh, school library that said uh, had wishbone like sitting on a uh, stack of books and it said follow my lead read. Uh-huh. Yeah, dog. 
it's really good. Wishbone was the shit. Um, <laughs> and I learned all kinds of stuff about Robin Hood and dogs. Anyway, That's now on to some shit news. Yeah. Uh, so, for those of you who haven't heard, there is a rumor going around, and it's picking up a lot of bullshit steam, and it makes me really fucking nervous. So Kathleen Kennedy, George Lucas's right-hand woman since, like, the fucking 80s, and current head of Lucasfilm, uh, supposedly is taking a lot of heat from Disney higher-ups, executives, old white guys in suits around a table because of the for poor fan reception to the sequel trilogy. Now, un unless you have never listened to our show before, we all generally like Star Wars here. Uh, and I would say that we are, I, I think we're all on the same page. We're not toxic fans when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, we didn't like certain things, other things we did like, but what we didn't like wasn't enough to make us like collapse into a steaming pile of misogyny, you know? Uh, but I can't say the same thing for the majority now, of fans on the internet. Hold on. Ron has collapsed into a lot of steaming piles in his life. I think <laughs> I've caused I think a that lot of steaming one, piles. One truth that I do think we need to clarify. <laughs> That's not a saying that Ron is not or has not been a steaming pile of something. <laughs> but it has never been misogyny. Go ahead. It isn't. Continue. It isn't. You're right. Uh, so, that being the case, of course, the one of the many complaints <laughs> that Ron gets. Uh, hold on, that, I just thought of the that, funniest uh, joke in the world, and I regret not saying it, so I'm going to say it now. Okay. Ron still thinks misogyny is a leg rub. <laughs> All right, that's good. No, that's good. That's good. <laughs> oh, God, that's so... I'm going to end the show. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's... I'm going out on a high note. We've peaked. Oh, God. It's true. Um, so, anyway, basically what, what the, the rumpus is, is that Due to the poor fan reaction to the sequel trilogy, Disney execs want to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy and replace her with John Favreau and/or Dave Filoni. John Favreau being the—he's uh, been in several Star Wars things and also like the showrunner and writer for The Mandalorian. Dave Filoni being the showrunner and writer for Clone Wars, uh, Rebels, and the upcoming Bad Batch mini er, uh, animated series. Which would be fine, because Star Wars does need a Kevin Feige of some kind, and those dudes know their shit, and they know tight, interlocking storytelling. Now, the bad part about this is, is that they also want to utterly wipe from continuity the sequel trilogy. Um, and have Kathleen Kennedy removed, or in some way, no longer be in charge of Lucasfilm. So here's, here's, I don't like this at all. I don't like this. I did not like Rise of Skywalker. That is no secret. I'm very vocal about that. But I don't want it to just be erased from continuity. I feel like that is a dangerous precedent to set when it comes to Star Wars. Yeah. Um, uh, no, so I... I don't I did, do this. I did a little bit uh, of research before this episode to try to get to, I guess, wrap my head around what's going on here. Um, and there are two prevailing theories. Um, the first one is sort of, I think, the the doomiest and gloomiest, which you have suggested, which is that they will um, write the Rise of Skywalker, actually the entire 
sequel trilogy out of Star Wars canon by using the uh, the veil that was introduced in Rebels. Yes, the space between spaces, the Star Wars equivalent of time travel. Yeah, basically. The, the veil of the Force, and they will use that to uh, basically erase them canonically and push this trilogy into like the Star Wars multiverse, where it will where it will have happened, but it will not be part of the actual current timeline. Um, but apparently a lady by the name of Grace Randolph um, tweeted last week that that is not the case and they will not be uh, Kathleen Kennedy's not stepping down they're just not going to renew her contract which potato potato I guess Um, and that they will not be erasing the canon they'll just never acknowledge it again which a bummer I don't like that very much especially also consider the fact that Disney just dumped a fuck ton of money into their sequel trilogy themed theme park yeah yeah that's true but it's like a prequel to that isn't it it, I mean a lot of that takes place narratively leading up to uh, those movies so I guess they don't really ever have to say like oh look it's Ray no they do Ray walks around the park and the she no. used to walk. They give her that. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Well, not 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 anymore. Well, actually, no. I just I follow all the Disney uh, Instagrams, and yeah, she's still there. Like they just posted the other day a picture of her and Chewie at Galaxy's Edge, and someone commented like, "Shouldn't she be wearing a mask?" And she was, and the, then the Disney Parks Instagram responded with, "She remains six feet away from all park guests, and Chewbacca technically is wearing a mask." Winky face. Ugh. So they're, they are unfortunately those. those uh, hey, but remember, gang, nobody dies at Disney. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> right. I, I don't think that's how it works. Just give me it. this, Ron. Um, so I think when, when it comes to like continuity rebooting, I think that there are certain things like, for example, comics, where that is like baked into the very like fabric of that medium of the superhero genre rather and i feel like that's that's almost part of it but star wars has has had like a consistent almost like i don't know it's it's almost a religion to a lot of people you know and i hate the notion of i don't like this i'm just going to throw it out because it it doesn't agree with what i want politically or something like that as far as um Star Wars goes like I don't know I feel like Star Wars has always been that Star Wars has always been like the the story of the oppressed rising up the story of like um you know just people defending freedoms and liberties and and chopping off limbs with laser swords chopping off limbs <laughs> with laser swords absolutely I, that's uh, a big part of it, it I mean it, it, it's kind of tough for me I I think and you mentioned comics which I think is a is a a good parallel. Um, obviously, continuity shifts and rewrites does happen within the comic book medium. Um, but I mean, these are these are characters who are being written about uh, at least once a month, and oftentimes far far more than that over the course of of decades. And this is required to not ultimately just tell sort of the same story, and also to adjust for things like uh, society shifting developing and changing you know you have to make changes sometimes to maintain relevancy um 
that's not really what's happening here. Got to be fair yeah. in comics before they do sometimes just do super fucking stupid things and have to radically change them at the last minute. Uh, like the the other storyline uh, in Spider-Man, that's super mega dumb stuff and they should be ashamed. So they changed it, um, you know, but you get an awful lot less Star Wars, at least in, in terms of screen time, which I think is at this point what your your average Star Wars fan thinks of when they think of the Star Wars universe. They're thinking of the movies um, and you only have a handful of those. So to mm-hmm. change or ignore or to ignore something is to, to sort of jettison a wild percentage uh, of the content that's available to you. And so I, th- I think to do that, you have to have a really good reason, like super duper good. Have they said um, what those reasons are? It was mostly your fault, as I recall. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely said, said look your at this name. Guy. <laughs> look at this goddamn gremlin over uh, here. So a, as part of the, in, in the, the same I, I don't want to call them news sources. They're, I mean, at this point, is everything. everybody's a fucking YouTuber. The same YouTuber uh, who is spreading the rumor of the, the use of the Veil of the Force to, you know, jettison uh, episode seven through nine as canon um, said that there's a, like a civil war happening at Lucasfilms. A galactic yeah. civil war? Where you have like <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy on one side and then those who are quote loyal to george lucas on the other holy shit uh right loyal uh, to george lucas sure that that want to uh i guess split it to get rid of kathleen kennedy and make films uh that are more true to the the lucas vision Okay, first off, George Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney. They they know that, right? Like, right, but do you remember he <laughs> sold it and then they uh, they released Episode Seven and it was dope as fuck and everybody liked it, made a bunch of money and he tried to call takes his takes backsies. He was like, "Well, hold on, hold on, now wait." That's that's not what I meant. <laughs> I didn't know people still watched the Star War. I could do a better one. You know, I mean, he he had really wanted. He sold it to Disney and then was like, "Of course, you'll still let me." make the star wars and i will get the money correct and disney was like no dog bye goodbye (laughs) you know Um, go home and i I think we have to remember that george lucas's vision for star wars isn't like a good one (laughs) it's not george lucas unchecked does not produce a good star war Um, yeah i mean the conceit is there but at the same time like george lucas is a kind of person who needs who needs someone to translate and interpret his ideology and his imagery. You know what I mean? Like that's why, uh, like, uh, empire strikes back and return of the Jedi. They weren't directed by George Lucas, you know, neither were they written. Like the screenplays were not written by him either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas, the, the constraints put upon his vision are what ultimately allowed it to be dope as fuck. You know, that uh, he is somebody who requires a filter or somebody nearby to, like, slap his hand with a ruler whenever he puts, <laughs> like, too much war, not enough star. Uh, you really have to, you know, clap your hands loudly and get him back on track. And when you don't let that happen, you know, you get pod racing. Um <laughs> You get midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get some stuff. No, thank you, sir. That shouldn't happen, and 
So I don't know that he his is the side that you really want to take. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I also feel, too, like Disney, Disney Star Wars, whatever you want, however you want to differentiate uh, between the, the timelines here or whatever, like, I think this is how it should be, only insofar as, like, it... This is the kind of thing that was meant to be passed on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of, like, generational storytelling where eventually someone else has to let go and someone else has to take the reins and do something different with it. Um, not necessarily, like, different insofar as, like, you know, r remaking Star Wars, but, like, use, like Bird was saying, like, the constraints, the rules, the setting, the universe, and make something new for new people. Right. Um, and of course, occasionally you're going to get a stinker, you know, I mean, for every Dan slot, you're going to get Straczynski's the other, uh, that, that's going to happen. That was sometime. a comic book joke. <laughs> yeah, no, they got it. We've, we've got good fans, um, you know, but that that's going to happen and it sucks. Um, now something, and I, I, we talked about this a little bit last time, something that you cannot do when that happens, uh, is, uh, send wild fucking death threats to the actors and writers yeah. who uh, dedicate them off social media years of their lives to the production of this. Like, you know, you just you just say, oh, man, that kind of sucked. And, yeah. And nobody hates on. Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And nobody hates Star Wars actors more than Star Wars fans. Yeah. Star Wars fans have nearly driven Star Wars actors to suicide. If if pre MCU comic book fans can suffer through uh, a fucking decade of Fox superhero movies and not threaten the lives of a single... Not only did we not threaten the lives of these actors, we fucking celebrate Hugh Jackman as if he is a, as a, is a fucking icon. He is a treasure to us. And look what happened to Chris Evans. Had yeah, we yeah, trounced man. him, yeah. Then you we can put up with one Star War that you don't like that much. Yeah. You can fucking sit on that Star War for ten minutes. You know, you should be. You, <laughs> hold, hold hands with that Star Wars until you're friends again. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you know what? That's not the end of Star Wars. Frankly, like we didn't like the the sequels or what or the prequels or whatever. Guess what, bitch? There were like fifty Star Wars games and books and comics that came after yeah. that. That pod, was still Star Wars. Pod racing was super fucking dumb. Star Wars pod racing for the Nintendo sixty four, the fucking best racing game that has ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some would say that it was worth the sacrifice that yeah. episode one made to give me Atta Star Wars pod racing on Nintendo 64 and now Nintendo Switch. Attack of the Clones was ass awful and elicited so many like uncomfortable shifts of weight and, and groans and silence. But it gave us Clone Wars, which won like 11 billion en Emmys and gave us Ahsoka Tano and was some of the best Star Wars storytelling like ever created. So, like, get the fuck over it, guys. Like, if you didn't like <laughs> Rise of Skywalker, like me, guess what? There's going to be more Star Wars down the line. We got yeah. season two of Mandalorian coming out. You know, at, you at know? this point, I feel like to claim Star Wars fandom, you should have to have, like, a, a comic book style checklist card and check off the Star Warses that you like. And if you do not have at least, like, a 55% positive review... For overall Star Wars films, you are you cannot have the fandom card. You do fail out of yeah. class. 
Absolutely. Because um, at this point, Absolutely. Uh, the I would say the overarching majority of quote-unquote Star Wars fans don't seem to like more than like two Star Wars movies. Yeah, or uh, they're not interested in, in anything outside of the, the classic trilogy. Like it's right. classic trilogy, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy, I, animated series, you know, I, The Mandalorian. One unfortunate thing about the current like zeitgeist that is uh, nerd pop culture is that it has made it too easy to dial in fandom uh, and to just say things that like you don't necessarily mean or care about. You know, it's very easy to have watched Star Wars as a kid, see new Star Wars movies, see how popular it is to like Star Wars again, or, or you know, the MCU, I think, has done this with comic book movies again, and therefore claim ownership of that fandom and think that you can fucking mm-hmm. say whatever mm-hmm. dumb shit you want uh, to the people who have put in sort of the effort and the hours into creating these stories for you. Uh, and you just haven't earned it, you know? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I, I do I do think, think that, like you were not not to be gatekeeping or anything like that, but yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, I feel like the accessibility of all this information makes it, makes, I don't know, being a fan of something almost ubiquitous. You can say like, too it, easy. It's, uh, you know, it's what? You can say too easy. And, I, and I'm going to say something that I'd never expected to say. I think I intend to be a little gatekeeping here. Uh, I, I think there comes a point where it's important to stand at the gate and say fucking no assholes allowed. <laughs> you know? Uh, All right. You know, yeah. I, uh, yeah. There comes a point where, be that kind of gatekeeper. <laughs> where I'm willing to say like, shut up and go home. You know, you cannot play with yeah. us. If you're going to, sh- if you're going to come be an asshole, then I don't want you to participate. Go leave. If you're going to make Ahmed best want to fucking kill himself, go home. Yeah. You can come back when you've thought about what you did. And you've decided to play nicely with the rest of us. Like, that that's fair, you know? Uh, but until then, fucking get out of here. Go home, idiot. Uh, if you're going to make Jake <laughs> Lloyd do drugs and then crash his car and get arrested, go home. You know? I, and I know, I mean, that might sound shitty. I don't think it does. It might. Uh, but I do mean it. Uh, I, I don't think, especially now, 2020 is not a year for assholes. You just do not get to be one. We have too many as it is. Everybody, everybody is going through such a fucking hard time right now. And I mean, all we have are our Star Warses, our Spiders Mans, our Supers Mans. Uh, I guess, you know. Some of us don't even have that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, we have, there are only so many things right now that we have access to that can bring us joy. Uh, So I guess fuck you if like the joy you get is from shitting all over them. Respectfully. And Kathleen Kennedy seems Um, fine. Yeah. And if you want to be that guy, to quote like the famous revolutionary poet of our time, eat my dick and choke on it, I yield my time, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was was Thoreau, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I think that was Whitman, actually. Was that on a Wishbone episode? (laughs) (laughs) Ron, way to show up. Way to bring the fire. Yeah, well done. Uh, I guess we have other stuff to talk about. We can talk about one of those other things. Well, I reckon. Uh, so let's talk about this, uh, the Batman spinoff show. That is it going to be on HBO Max? Is that the, the rumor yeah. going around yeah, here, Berto? it's Berto? an HBO Max yeah. thing. 
Okay, so apparently they're doing a spinoff of The Batman that's just about Gotham City and Gotham City PD, but without all the ridiculous, colorful characters and supervillains and Batman and, 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 and the stuff you go to the movies for. It's so, just about cops in Batman City without Batman or without criminal super criminals. So it's a cop show. It's, <laughs> it's what if we took all the stuff you like about Batman and just didn't. So it'll be like the the first season of Shield where they tried the exact same thing until they realized that nobody wants to watch a show set in a superheroes universe without any superheroes. Right. Is that what <laughs> Shield was about? No, That's what the first season was about. Oh, oh, oh I thought yeah, I thought yeah, it was okay. the thought about the cop show Shield. Yeah, yeah. but oh, uh, is there a cop show called Shield? Yeah, and have uh, Michael oh, oh, Chitlis or whatever in it. Michael yeah. Chitlis, right? Yeah, he it played was, like uh, a corrupt cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really good show. But okay. he was like a good corrupt cop, which I don't know that that's how well, that works. No, I think yeah. he was just corrupt. Yeah, they were bad guys. Okay. Yeah, I think he was just bad guy. Um, um, I believe. This feels... Uh, so this is, of course, just another run at Gotham. You know, they're, they're just trying to make yeah. Gotham again. They, um, And I, I think this, and, and to some extent, the notion of rebooting the Star Wars franchise seems to be leaking out of the Snyder Cut. I don't intend to always blame the Snyder Cut for all the evil in the world. Um, I do. Though, yeah, I mean, rumor has it it was, in <laughs> fact, the Snyder Cut from whence COVID-19 came. This is actually, it is the mm-hmm. 19th cut that Snyder worked on of the Justice League film. <laughs> uh, as I, as, that's my understanding, I don't know. Um, but that, you know, fans reacted, uh, I, I put big old air quotes around fans, so fucking positively to this notion that Zack Snyder should get another chance. And, we, and we've all found out, like we, we have seen now, that there was no Snyder cut. They're just letting Zack Snyder remake Justice League and have decided to blame Joss Whedon for how shitty Zack Snyder's first cut was. Um, that's what this is, you know? And we saw, like, David Ayer was like, uh, yeah, it was other people who fucked up Suicide Squad. I should get to do that again, too. You know? And now, to some extent, Disney seems to be trying to do that with Star Wars, where... Uh, fucking Kathleen Kennedy fucked that up. Let us give you the Star Wars that we would have done without her. Uh, Right? You know? And that feels like what this is. Gotham, well, Gotham was, Gotham was almost right. Let's run it back again. We're gonna say it's connected to the the Batman, but he won't be in it. (laughs) Uh, So don't worry about that. Yeah, don't, don't worry about that. We will not hold ourselves accountable for any errors of continuity. Do not worry about that. But we will trick you into thinking that you have to watch this to be a Batman fan. Uh, you know, we will warp and twist your fandom against you. Your dedication will force you to pay for the subscription service. Uh, and I, this, this all feels really underhanded to me. You know, really kind of shitty. Why not just sack up and fucking make a superhero show on HBO Max. Certainly HBO has the budget. Warner Brothers has the budget. You know, it, it exists. Um, I, I guess why not just do that? You know, why not just give us something? Uh, because this because is, of course, can't. this is just an attempt to use the Batman's overarching popularity right now um, globally to get 
Batman fans to watch something, you know, they are using your loyalty against you. And instead of tried this with other shows and it's never worked. Well, this is true, but I mean, I'm pretty sure Gotham had pretty solid viewership early on, you know? Yeah. Didn't it last for like five seasons? People will come out if you just scream Batman in their face. But the, they had the Penguin. They had some some relatable characters. Right, but as, you'll notice as soon as that show started to dip, they were like, uh, and also here's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Like, <laughs> and th- I'm sure that's going to happen here too. Um, you know. Did any of you guys watch Alfred? No. Did that happen? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a thing. No, I remember that yeah. it was going to be a thing, did it? But it came out. <laughs> Yeah, and and see, nobody cares because it didn't have Batman. So why would they think this is a good idea? I I honestly, do you remember? Like they did the whole goof about that in Teen Titans Go to the Movies about like, huh, wouldn't it be dumb if Alfred got his own movie? And they were like, no, that's, obviously that's ridiculous. But his own show, yeah, Let's give him his own show. Yeah, and it's about what was Alfred up to before he became Batman's butler? Uh, what? No one asked for that. No one has asked for this. Where, where are you getting this? Why do we need this? Titans Go movie. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea. Everybody went to see that. Teen Titans Go was a really, really good. It was goddamn movie. hilarious. You no, know, I still haven't the, seen it. It is the best theatrical DC film to, I think, have ever come out. Um, <laughs> I don't. And this is like this is not to say that they are all shit. Like I, I enjoyed Wonder Woman and look forward to Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Like. Aquaman was fun as a, in its own way. Shazam was a blast. Like there are good movies. Nothing ma- like I got no greater joy from start to finish from any DC property uh, than I did Teen Titans Go to the Movies. That movie is a fucking blast from start to finish. It's so self-aware. It's so funny. It has so many deep cuts for comic book fans, but they're not like. I mean, they're inaccessible in the sense that you know, like the challenges in the of the unknown bit you're probably not going to get, especially if you're like a a fan who's fresh to sort of the the greater DC Universe franchise. Um, But that part is still fucking super funny, even if you don't understand the cut. You know, like it was perfectly crafted. And at this point, I think anybody who hasn't seen it, uh, Ron, you know, has really failed themselves, their communities, (laughs) their families, and us, you know? Well, they've definitely failed us. Yeah. So go see it if you have it. And only feel bad if you're Ron. Yes, I uh, I laughed literally all the way up until the very last scene. Um, I don't. I don't do you recall the last scene, Birdo? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I <laughs> thought that that entire film was just goddamn charming and hilarious. It's super- hey, you know what? Let's just petition DC. Hey, fuck fuck all your other bullshit. Just give us another Teen Titans. Go to the movies. Yeah, it, and oh, man, I. Don't, have you noticed that ever since DC um, established their live action universe, that even their animated properties, which I think it's fair to say that they used to be the fucking kings of, have really yeah. begun to suffer as they have yeah. tried to, to sort of make adjustments and correct uh, films that it's like they forgot are based off of some of the most celebrated DC comics fucking ever. Um, you know, they've, they've begun to try to exploit these animated features to get sort of cheap reactions out of. And it's, it's of course, unnecessary, you know. Um, I, I think DC really needs to just slow it down 
you know, like they have, they have such a good product to work with. And it's, it's, I think inexcusable that they can't fucking get it together yet. Yes, it absolutely, it absolutely is. And I mean, I know we've talked about, we've beaten this, this dead horse so many times, but it is absolutely fucking bonkers that we are, well, 11 years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and we still have not gotten a good DC Cinematic Universe 11 years later. Like, they're 11 fucking years behind. And we've had how many Batman movies in that time? But not, like, a single coherent universe. Like, what the fuck? Right, you know? And that's not to say that there aren't good elements. Um, sure. You know, it, it's like when you fucking... You, you microwave a Hot Pocket and most of it is still fucking icy and shitty. Mm-hmm. In a, you're still going to get an occasional heart, like a hot gooey bite that's dope as hell, but, like... Most of it is a frigid, nasty hot pocket that only Ron is going to finish without putting back in the microwave. <laughs> and they just like they keep poking around looking for hot bits instead of just finishing to cook the product. You know, put your hot pocket back in the microwave, DC, or throw it away and get the other hot pocket out of the box. It comes with two. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's how yeah. that's how I feel about both hot pockets and about the DC universe right now. There's a lot of. <laughs> They, well, they, they line parallel up each perfectly, other a lot. frankly. It's a one-for-one one comparison, yeah, you know? Yeah, I think so. Hey, what's your favorite Hot Pocket? Uh, I think that's why this episode is what most people came for. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, they used to have, I don't know that they even make it anymore, but they used to have a turkey and cheese sandwich Hot Pocket, and I love that shit. Huh. What about you, Jordan? <sighs> Probably just your standard pizza hot pocket. Yeah, the pepperoni. Yeah, it's it's a classic. It's tried, it's true, you can't go wrong. It is really good. Ron? Have you guys tried tried the the spinach one? I don't believe you. I do not believe. That sounds suspiciously (laughs) good for you. And I I do not believe. Yeah, there's no way. I'd throw that right in the trash. Yeah. Do you remember when Hot Pockets had breath? Breakfast ones? That I mean, Ooh. I was gonna say those the the breakfast hot pockets. I think were uh, a gym. I think a, with like they were like a biscuit crust. Yes, there was like a ham egg and cheese one. That is, Amazing. That is that is the superior. That is the best hot pocket. Those breakfast ones, so good. Hmm. Yeah. No, I. Did that's not what know you should have said, these. Jordan. That would have stolen mine. Instead, you spoiled mine for the audience. But that's yeah, that's a Dang, I'm sorry. breakfast <laughs> hot pockets. Breakfast anything is really fucking good. Like corn dogs are low key kind of whack, but the breakfast corn dogs that are just pancakes wrapped around sausage. Hold up, so good. What the fuck? Breakfast corn dogs? I don't. Yeah, yeah like with sausage. You've in them? never had those breakfast corn dogs? I no, ha- I have. I not. have a box of right. Oscar Mayer breakfast corn dogs in my freezer right now, just in case. Hmm. Yeah, it is a corn dog, but instead of a nasty hot dog, it is breakfast sausage, and instead of like uh, the like cornmeal fried dough around it, because uh, I think it's corn dogs are, are, are cornmeal and flour, right? I don't mm. know, they're, they're not that good. Um, it's just pancake. It's just a pancake wrapped around a sausage. I can't believe you haven't had those. They're in the Bible. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Theologically, that tracks, but yeah. I can honestly say I have never had one of those before. Yeah, it makes be perfect sense now that you say it. 
It's so good. Um, man, I should have one before bed. So now that we've gotten that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. We talked about breakfast corn dogs. We talked about wishbone. What else? A lot we got? of food on this episode. No. No, there's not. Hey, you guys know it's the 20th anniversary of the first X Men movie. Crazy. Ooh. Yes. I barely remember the first X Men movie. Shut up. Like, I haven't watched it in a long time. My God. It, Don't I'm, they like end up in the Statue of Liberty or they something? Do, yes. They do. The thing is that Jordan, you're so young. The first X Men movie, which is I think really like the first that sort of began the modern comic book. Like without that movie, um, we wouldn't be where we are. We, I think in terms of comic book pop culture, like it's incredibly important to what would happen later. Um, you know, and it, it was a good first effort from from Fox. Uh, it's just that they never. They never bothered to stick the landing after that. You know, they got us started and then they they never bothered to improve their product. You know, when Sony later showed up with the dope ass like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, they were keen to just not fucking do anything better for the X universe. Yeah. And allow the popular the growing popularity and the growing comic book fandom to just draw people into their seats. You know, people would show up just to see those Marvel credits scroll and watch whatever happened afterwards. Uh, which is a shame because again, you know, we, we've seen what that universe is capable of with Logan. You know, there's the potential, there's incredible potential in the Fox X-Men universe to take that shit seriously and to give a yeah. good film. They did it on accident with the first class, you know. Brian Singer mm-hmm. accidentally gave a, did a good one. Um, but they just never really bothered to put in, the, I, I think, the funding um, or the effort required to really shape that universe into something great. Which I don't... And they really didn't allow Marvel to have any hands-on with the product, you know what I mean? Sure. No, not at all. Um, and instead, and, and I mean, honestly, that may be for the best, since ultimately both, you know, Fox and to a lesser extent Sony not allowing Marvel to fully dip their, you know, fingers into the pot is what caused Marvel to open up their own studio. And then we got Iron Man. It was worth it. But still, I mean, I mean, thanks to Fox for what they did do. Mm. They gave us huge. Accolades. I guess we know them a little bit. <laughs> oh, them a little bit. They did their best. They did what they. What no, they no, they didn't, best. Ron. They did not do their best. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they could have done their best, and it would have been dope as fuck. They didn't do their best, and so it's just. And, and I think that they. We had different standards back then too. Um, because we didn't know we could have really good, like not even accurate, but like quality superhero movies. You know what I mean? Like we didn't really right. even know that because if you go back and, um, look at like the X, if you, if you go back and compare like the first X-Men or even the first Spider-Man movies, they were awesome. And at the time we, they, we thought they were fucking incredible, but by today's modern superhero standards, you look at it and you think, oh, that's cute. Right. Well, and to be to be fair, this was this was ten years ago. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's a degree to which we have to acknowledge that the technology was on its way there, but it wasn't there yet. Um, but Fox never bothered to push the envelope. You know, as their outdated, shitty effects got cheaper, they just kept using those. Um, now, Sony, to their credit, did make some effort to, to push the envelope. Um, you know, they were just a victim of their own success 
after Spider-Man 2 and decided to try to milk that third movie for every fucking thing they could get out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, you know, they failed the franchise and uh, Raimi left and, you know, Toby left and they had to start from scratch. And then, you know, same same story with the, the Amazing Spider-Man universe that we were given afterwards. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It is. But now that I feel impossibly old, um, <clears throat> I think that's going to do it for us this evening here at Nerd Life Corporate Headquarters. But until next time, you can go be our friends on social media. Go like and subscribe and share our hilarious and always top-tier content with all your friends and coworkers and even your enemies. You know, build some bridges. Um, and until next time, stay handsome. Podcast over. There it is. Ooh, I got it this time. Man. It's like I'm on it. Right there. That's great. Click.